What up? It's your boy, Tony Sumo, coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes now. Use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store. Get some jammer in your life. It'll cure what ails ya. Head over to fightkingdom.com. Get the official Tiny Sumo supporter tee from there. The link for that is in my bio now. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram too. And use the code Tiny Sumo for 10% off with those guys. And head over to Tiki Tribe and get all your ready to eat meal solutions delivered, nutritious, delicious to your door, ready to go. Use the code TINYSUMO for 20% off with those guys, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or at TikiTribe.com. That's T-I-I-K-I Tribe.com. And me, I'm your boy, Tiny Sumo. Make sure you're following me, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Tell your friends, tell your family. Your boy appreciates it, but I think that's enough of a plug. So let me get down with my guest. You! Devon, how's it going, man? Good, Dylan. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, look, when I put this out there that uh, this chat was going on, I had very good response. People were very excited. I would say, besides maybe Ensign, your chat has got me the most messages about you <laughs> coming on. So that in itself, I think, is a special occasion. Good to know. <laughs> I don't so, know why. Well, people are very excited. You're a cult figure. That's what it is. You're a cult figure within the Australian MMA community. That's what it is. <laughs> well, good to know. I wish I had a cult because then I wouldn't have to pay tax. That helps. That's always good. You get that religious status going and then uh, you've got it made in the shade. Yeah, yeah. We should form one. Well, I definitely. Look, I think that's definitely a topic that we can cover. I think that's something personal between you and I that we need to work out the nuts and bolts of. <laughs> Because I'm sure there's some legal ramifications to uh, starting a cult online. Uh, but I definitely think it's something we could get in the pipeline. Easy, easy. Once you've got enough people in a cult, it it, it becomes a religion. That's how you do it. That's the secret to yeah, it. It yeah. starts as a cult, yeah, the, the, becomes a religion. The difference between a cult and a religion is, I I think, the population. That works for me. I'm happy with that. Look, I think with social media now, it makes it a lot easier for us to, to get that reach, you know. We, we've got a global audience. That makes it easier, surely. <laughs> this is getting really weird. This would look, I didn't think this is where the chat would be going. I'm not going to lie. When we started, I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that this would be where it went. But you never know with these type of things. You just you have to take them as they come. Now, look, I don't know if you've listened to any of the chats, but what I like to do, obviously, besides talking about fights that have just happened or fights that are coming up or anything like that, I like to get a backstory. I like to take it back yep. and find out how people got involved. Yep. And, Ask me and I am fascinated as well because you're a 50-year-old MMA fighter. Yeah. That in itself is a story. I need to know how we got to that point, though. Mm. Mm. So mm. take me back. Please take me back. Uh, I, I don't know, really. I, I mean, I think in terms of MMA, in terms of martial arts, that's been my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, I was well. I was about five years old. We were living in Venezuela, South America, and my mother took up judo. 
looking back on it now, I reckon she kind of changed with the coach. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think she needed an excuse to go there. And, and she took me, uh, and she took me along to the, to the judo class and I got thrown on the ground and then I cried. Um, and, uh, and kept watching from the sidelines because I was scared. And that was the start of judo for me. Um, it, it grew into a love. When I was about 10, I took up karate. I think we, we had just moved to Australia. I was 10 years old. Couldn't speak a word of English just yet. Um, and um, I wanted to do judo straight away because that was familiar. Um, and this was a really strange country, very different to Colombia, to you know, from where we had just come. And um, so I took up judo, and then my mate Darren uh, was doing karate, something, and I went and joined them um, because I was, you know, it was a good way to make friends with the Aussies who couldn't talk to me. Um, and uh, and I started, I started karate. I had a uh, my sensei was Michael O'Brien, who is still my sensei to this day. We're very close to this day. He started teaching me when he, he could, I mean, we could hardly communicate because I didn't have a word of English. So he kind of hand gestured to me. Uh, I kept training in both judo and karate. I did a lot of competing mainly in judo, not so much karate. That wasn't so much competition based. Um, and just kept doing that. My whole life, I, um, I taught a karate class as I had a young family. I had a family very young, kids very young. Um, and uh, I was in a little country town, um, continued to teach karate and always had judo as part of that. It was always a, a love of mine. Um, and I taught my kids. Um, my, uh, my son, Oshi my stepson, Daniel, and my daughter, Renee. Um, and they, they always trained together. When Hoshi was about 15 years old, um, there was a lot of hype around MMA and the UFC, and he wanted to train in USC. That's what we called it then, in yep. USC. <laughs> yep. and, and he said, Dad, I, I, want to do, I really want to do this. And I said, son, you're not... Um, we do traditional martial arts. Um, that, as far as I can see, is barbaric. Just people beating each other up. Um, all the uh, the honour and tradition is lost, and you're not doing it. Um, that was the end of that for a little while. Um, it didn't last long, and he kept nagging me and nagging me about it. Then he told me, "Look, I found out there was someone. There's someone training in. I really want to go and do it, and I'm going to go and do it. And um, once Hoshi's got an idea in his head, he's into it. So I said, "All right, if you're going, then I'm coming with you, um, because I want to make sure that the person coaching you is a good person, uh, and this thing is actually good for you." And so I went along with him, and it was awesome. <laughs> I didn't stop doing it. And, and before I knew it, I thought, wow, you know, like I put on a pair of boxing gloves for the first time in my life. I was about 40 years old and um, I was getting beaten up by 14 year olds. And I thought, wow, a lifetime of karate and I'm just getting picked. Um, 
I've got a large number of food and I've got people just handing it to me on the ground with jujitsu. Um, and I, I just wanted to learn more and I wanted to do more. I wanted to test myself, uh, wanted to challenge myself, and I always want to challenge myself and do new things. And if I, I've generally got a rule that if something scares me, I want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the idea of the fighting scared me. Uh, there were some inter-club fights going, and that scared me. I went into an inter-club fight, and I lost. Um, and um, I kept training some more, and then I told my coach I want to fight uh, properly. And uh, he kind of laughed. Um, and um, then said, all right, you want to fight? Let's do it. Um, so that was John Adam Lissick, great guy and a, a great coach to me and a good friend. Um he coached me up and I fought. I won my first fight. It was a grueling um, fight to the end. It, it went to decision. And I, I just loved everything it gave me. I, I love the idea that uh, once I had a fight booked in, I had to train. Um, I had to be fit and healthy. And I just got hooked on that. I just loved it. And then I got hooked on the MMA community itself. Um, good people. In fact, I found that I don't think the honour and the the honour that was the tradition, the, the, the Budo, it, it hasn't really been lost. It's still there. Um, and I like the idea of testing myself and, and, and testing things for real. And plus, I've done Judo and Karate all my life. And here I had the chance to do them both at the same time <laughs> mm. and, and learn new things. You know, Then I had to learn boxing. I had to learn wrestling, Jiu-Jitsu, what Jiu-Jitsu was all about. Um, I, I think it's it's been great for me, and um, and I'm I'm still loving it. it. It's interesting that you sort of raise the, um, I guess that traditional martial arts mindset, the misconception behind, you know, what MMA is, and and I can understand that too because you know same sort of thing. We we grew up in, you know, like similar sort of so you know we we were around those sort of gyms. We were in the kickboxing yeah. gyms and all things like. And so the idea that you were doing these things, and before you knew about it. Man, that's that sounds wild. That just sounds like a a bar fight or whatever it may be. There's a lot of those sort of misconceptions, obviously, and there's still those misconceptions in the traditional martial arts community, which I find wild as well. I mean, now with with all of the information that we have at our hands, I think that um, unfortunately social media is a bit of a double-edged sword because while I get a beautiful insight into fighters' lives and and the fighters themselves and things that I didn't used to get, you know, I used to get the old like HBO specials and pre-fight packages and things like that but now i get that all the time you know you're seeing guys social media feeds and things like that but unfortunately we also get some of the really bad shit we get the the, the bj Penn getting knocked out in a street fight conor mcgregor yeah, punching yeah. an old man in the bar things like that and 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 unfortunately that'll be the stuff that you know those communities latch onto and go see look we told you these guys are animals they're crazy but once you're yeah. entrenched in that community you do understand like you said i mean when you're in the gym day in and day out, you're bleeding with these guys, sweating with these guys, hurting, you know, healing, growing with these guys. You see that that community, that spirit is still there. It's growing. It's it's not gone anywhere. Oh, 100% it's there. And, you know, there's there's, there's dickheads in every sport. Of course. Uh, and in, not in every sport, everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Absolutely. Everywhere, right? Um, but there's good people everywhere too. Um, and MMA... The, the people in it has been very good to me. Um, martial arts in general has been very good to me my whole life. It's been 
a reliable old friend, and it continues to be that. Mm. I think one thing that has that happened to me is that after a lifetime of traditional martial arts, and I think this has happened to a lot of people, and one reason why I wanted to fight was that a lot of the techniques that I had learned, once I tried them in full contact MMA um, environment, um, they just didn't work. Mm. Um, and um, you, you face a, a dilemma. Do you say, well, this is what I've always learned and I'm, I'm going to keep this? Or do you have the humility to say, I've been wrong for mm. a long time? I've been teaching something wrong for a long time. Mm. Uh, I've, been, I've, I've learned something that wasn't quite right. And I think that that's, what, that's one thing that I think everybody would agree with me that MMA has given us is that it's tested uh, techniques. It showed us what's useful and what's not useful. Um, I think that point and non-contact sparring um, has got merit. It's got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good stuff that, that comes from that. Charter is still continues to be a very important part of my life. Um, but I think that there are things inherent in that that if you don't test them in a full contact situation, um, you're going to be training in stuff that really doesn't make sense in, mm. in the real world. And you've got to have the humility to go, all right, uh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Mm. I'm, going to learn, uh, I'm, I'm going to learn to be better. Right? I've just been beaten by this guy who's got less experience in training than me. I've just trained wrong for longer. It, you know, Just because you've got more experience doesn't mean you're better. Just because mm. you've learned something the wrong way for a longer period of time, <laughs> that yeah. it, it just makes you better at doing something wrong. And um, I, I think um, I was listening to debate once with Sam Harris and someone else, and Sam Harris said, well, I'd, I'd rather not call this a debate because I don't want to be wrong for any longer than I need to be. And I kind of like that. Like I like mm. the idea of changing my mind about something. Um, and MMA sort of symbolizes that for me. Um, and it gives me that. Um, you know, it, it, it tests you. And I'm, well, obviously, I'm not going to fight forever, but I always want to do something that, um, that keeps me feeling invigorated and keeps me f um, being healthy and, and feeling good, um, not just for myself, but for my family, the people I work with, the people I work for. Um, everyone I meet, you, you need to be the best version of yourself. I don't ever want to be that person. You know, you meet, you meet some, I meet a lot of people my age and they tend to talk about the stuff they used to do, the kind of person they used to be. Um, they're not doing anything new now. They tell you about how they used to play footy or how they used to fight or how they used to be in this or that. Which is great because you've got to stop doing things and then start new things. But you can't ever stop developing yourself. You can't ever stop and just go, well, I've had my life. Now I'm going to drink beer for, you know, the second half of my life and not do much else other than watch other people do it. I, I, I have a fear of being that guy. Mm. You know, but, I, um, I, I was thinking, um, you know, those guys that tell you, oh, they just talk incessantly about. I think stories are great. Stories are what make us. But if the only thing that you have is the stories from the past and no new stories, then it's it's going to take its toll. Mm. It's 
there, there's some interesting points there, right? So one of them, obviously, talking about the martial arts aspect, and there's people that have done a certain thing wrong for a certain amount of period, and and whether or not they have the humility to, you know, grow and learn from that. And I think it's almost a religious experience, you know, like the, yeah. it's that same sort of thing where it's, I've latched onto an idea and I've poured myself into this idea. I've listened to a lot of um, a lot of podcasts and interviews and things with the, with people who got out of cults, you know, like we mentioned. Yeah, earlier, yeah, yeah. Right now. But yeah. people who have left those cults and, you know, the, the, the separation that it took for them to go, oh, wow, that was 10 years, 20 years, whatever it may have been of me looking at things the wrong way, believing the wrong thing. This isn't true. I know now that this isn't true. But do I just accept that it's not true? Do I do I push that to the back and just keep on going this way because this is what I've known for 20 years? Or do I separate from that? And that's got to be very yeah. scary. You know? Like you said, you've been in the gym for 20 plus years learning these skills. And then to have them test and go, oh, shit, that didn't work. I distinctly remember the first time I worked with a high-level wrestler. And in my head, I had had the idea prior to that. Now, I knew I knew about MMA. I was a fan of MMA, but I'd never done MMA up until that point. I'd only done striking-based sports. You know, I'd only boxed, kickboxed, karate, whatever it may be. And I remember the very first time I wrestled with someone that was of a high mm. level. And it changed <laughs> my life because I went, I'm trying to pick up a house. I can't do anything. I, like, I can't. In my head, I thought, if I can just hit that person, they will go to sleep and I will be okay. And then he <laughs> yeah. got a hold of me and I went, oh, no, I won't. I won't be okay because I can't do anything. And the same was when I worked with my judo coach who was an Olympian. And I remember the first time he threw me on my face. And I went, I don't know how that happened. I don't know what you did there, but I couldn't have hit you before that. It wouldn't have mattered. You know? Yeah. And the same thing, you work with your first black belt, your first jujitsu black belt, and you go, oh, my God, I'm a, I'm a pretzel. How did you do it? But there's nothing that I could have done about that, you know. And so in my head prior to that, you know, I'd, I'd found wrestling and I went, oh, wrestling, this works. And then I'd found judo and I went, oh, well, I can do this to this. And then I found jujitsu and I went, oh, there's more again, you know. And, and to have the humility to go, shit, that's all right. What I've learned, there's merit to that, but there's more. I need to accept that there's more. I need to move on and I need to be willing to grow. And some people are, and a lot of people aren't. It takes courage to be wrong mm. um, and to to want to be wrong. I think that there's a couple of years ago, um, I realized that I was listening to a lot of podcasts too and I listened to a lot of philosophical or political podcasts and I thought, well, I've realized that I'm picking, I'm picking podcasts and speakers that are telling me the things that I already know. Mm. And they're elaborating on those things. And I thought, as an experiment, uh, I thought, well, I'm going to find people that um, think about this thing in, in the opposite way. So now, for example, with politics, I will listen to a left-leaning podcast. And then immediately after, I listen to the same issues being discussed by a right-leaning podcast. Mm. And it's it's really interesting um, because if you're willing to allow yourself to be wrong about something, um, you start. I, I think you start becoming a more well balanced person. It, it makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. But it's I mean it would be scary for a lot of people to take that into uh, take that into account. And then it's one thing for you 
you know, it's one thing for me to say, oh, I'm going to try and curate my Facebook feed to be this way, you know, whatever it may be, or like you said, listen to the podcast. It's scarier again when I put that into practice with someone smashing me in the face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, true. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I need to, in my head, I believe that this technique, I've worked on this technique for X amount, and then I go, I've tried to put that into practice, and that hasn't worked. Now, yeah. I can just now double down on my belief and leave that scenario alone. I go, oh, shit, all right, my... um. Uh, uh, my sticky hands didn't work against that that uh, that boxer. Whatever it may yeah. be, I could yeah. What double, does that mean? Go, yeah, I could just go look. That doesn't work. But I'm going to go over. I'm just going to deny that that doesn't work. I'm just going to stick to my area. Or I go, ooh, now why didn't it work? And I delve into that. You know, I'm willing to then go. All right, well, I need to adapt, and I need to now look into the boxing side of it more. Whatever it may be. I think having, that people, having said that, uh, you know, I think with that thought also. There are things from the traditional martial arts that I continue to love and I will never let go of. And I, mm. I, I, I hold on to those, but it's about the meaning that I attribute to them. Mm. Um, I think in terms of, the funny thing is in terms, because I've been, because I'm 50 and a lot of the guys that I fight are not 50. Mm. Uh, I was doing, I mean, things have evolved. For example, judo has evolved. Um, when I was doing judo when I was younger, you know, it was different. The rule sets have changed. And and what's, what's funny is that no matter how many different things I learn and I put into practice and jiu-jitsu and wrestling and a whole bunch of things, that in general what tends to come out in the fights that I do have, uh, quite often I'll have some really old-school judo techniques or karate techniques that come out. Mm. That that kind of win me the fight. They kind of they they, set, they help to set me up, and I've had to learn with that because whilst I don't necessarily believe you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I think you can teach an old dog new tricks, but you have to superimpose the new tricks onto the old tricks. Mm. I think that's the, <laughs> that's the tip to it, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, the fact yeah. that that technique may work, but we need to make it work. You know, there's there's a, yeah there's yeah, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. I know at some point I'm going to pull a Hanagoshi or a Taitoshi. That wants to come out because I, that's how I want to express myself. It's an art yep. and we are expressing ourselves. We, we do it in different ways and, and it, there's an avenue for that. But, you know, in most of the fights that I have, um, there, there's some really old judo techniques that come out, you know, stuff that I was doing when I was 13, 14. Mm. I had actually spoken to my judo coach and told him that the reason I had taken up judo is because I wanted to tomanagi people through windshields, much like Steven Seagal. That was essentially, <laughs> yeah. that was essentially why I had decided to take up judo out of uh, out of all that. So that's kind of what I want to do. And I think he, he sort of brushed that aside, but I kept that idea to myself. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to make sure that at some point this happens. So that's still in the back of my head. Uh, whether or not that will come no, to fruition. Tomanagi, I love, I love Tomanagi. There's a ver- there's no gay version of Tomanagi that I think I've kind of just evolved and adapted as I thought, yep. which I've, I've used in a number of fights, quite a few of my fights, and um, and it works pretty well. It's my favourite. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the promotion Gan Ryujima in uh, Japan, but it's uh, no. it's it's a hybrid MMA promotion. It's my favourite uh-huh. MMA promotion. Uh, and I've uh, I've I've put the call out to Ganrajima on many occasions. They don't have an English commentary team, and I've offered my service. Ah. Uh, 
but they, they fight on a raised platform surrounded by a um, moat of clouds. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. And the guys, wow. the fighters um, all represent styles and they wear sleeveless geese uh, and look like characters from Street Fighter. But you can win by uh, throwing your opponent off the fighting surface three times into the, uh, into the, the ring of clouds. And I've seen, and people have uh, Tomonagi people, their opponents off that uh, surface. And I said, that's exactly what I see in my dreams. That's my wow, dream that's technique. Cool. So I will send you the link after this because we, <laughs> we've uh, superimposed some English commentary over those videos on YouTube trying to get Gan Ryujima's attention. Uh, it's yet uh, to happen. It's yet yeah, to happen. Yeah. But that technique's my favorite. The, uh, the Tomonagi into the sea of clouds. Wow. It's a kind of sumo meat judo kind of rule very much so look they've uh they, they they've built themselves as saying we have the uh, the rule set that suits all martial arts but they limit the time on the ground so it kind of doesn't suit brazilian jiu-jitsu but other than that they have a bunch of guys that have fought in um like michihiro omagawa uh uh who fought did he fight in the ufc or did he fight in dream either way he fought in you know a reputable yeah. organization he's the one that hit the tomonagi uh, wow. With yeah, so I mean, it's they've got some good fighters that have fought in this uh, hybrid MMA organization that also doesn't count towards your MMA record because it's hybrid rules. Yeah, right. Oh, so there wow. you go. I, I I need the time on the ground. <laughs> that's well, that's what it, like, I like, can't have the time. Yeah. It takes me too long to set things up. <laughs> <laughs> By some you've done the work to get there. You don't want to then be limited <laughs> with the time you can spend. Oh, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, speaking about that, then, coming off a win, you're 50. That in itself is amazing. I mean, that in itself is why, like I said, people are excited for me to talk to you because that uh, lends itself to cult hero status anyway. 50-year-old winning MMA fights, that, that's, that's there, right? That's yeah, I was happy, yeah. Now, what are we looking at in terms of the future? Where are we looking to from here? Because you sound like someone that wants to stay busy, wants to stay active, whether it's MMA or not, obviously growing and learning and, and evolving competitively and all those type of things. What are we looking for in the future? Uh, I think um, I think I'll make a return to Tasmanian Fight Championships in Hobart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I've just kind of uh, adopted Tasmania, or Tasmania's adopted me. I thought you lived uh, in Tasmania. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's I. I just saw like all of that. You you're on the Tasmanian cards. You're there. You know. I, yeah. I, just, like, I don't know why. I think it's you just travelled back to Vic. No, it, it's it just happened this way. It just yep. happened this way uh, with Tasmania. I think back in the day when uh, when cages were not legal in Victoria, so we had to do MMA in boxing rings. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of silly. I think it's part of the moral panic that happens in Victoria. Yeah. Um, uh, I was looking um, for interstate avenues for Hoshi and I both to, to fight, um, mostly because, I mean, I'm a dad too, and I want mm. him to be safe, and I think the cage is safer. So mm. um, someone called me up, and they said, oh, we've got a guy, we've, we've, had, a, we've had someone pull out of a fight, uh, out of a welterweight fight, um, uh, in two weeks' time in Tasmania, um, will you do it? Um, 
I had a really good record. His last fight was a sort of six-second knockout. Um, and I was working a lot at the time, and I just said, no. But my son will. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I called Hoshi and I said, guess what, you've got to fight. So um, we went to Tassie, and Hoshi fought. Um, he uh, sub- submitted that fighter in the first round. Um, and uh, then we were we were fighting in uh, in that promotion. Uh, in the, the I think the second show in Tassie, we both came back. We both fought on the card, um, and then I started fighting more in Tasmania, um, and that's just how it happened. Okay, there you go. Mm. That's what we're looking. We're looking at another uh, Tasmanian fighting uh, Tasmanian fighting championship. Uh, appearance from you sometime in the future. Yeah, and I, I've got to tell you, I love fighting in Tasmania. You know when you go to a fight show and things get a bit quiet because, you know, the time's dragging on and guys wrestling on the ground and and at some point the MC grabs the mic and says, let's make some noise. You know when that yep. happens? Yeah. Well, in Tasmania, that never happens. <laughs> it never happens because <laughs> Tasmanians are just nuts for fighting. Uh, they they're just they just love fighting. There's noise all the time. You don't have to ask Tasmanians to make noise. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them, and I love their love of fighting. They awesome. don't care who wins and loses. They just love everyone who fights. Nice. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you down there. So I want to make. I've never been to Tasmania. I would like to get down there if I can make the excuse to go down and watch some fights because it's part Mate, of my. Come down to my next fight. It's part of my pseudo job, you know, my side, my side passion project, and I think I just might. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, look, before we wrap it up, uh, you know, I like to give people a chance to get any plugs, mention shoutouts, anything like that out of the way. So anyone you want to mention, let them know now, and when I post up the chat later on as well, uh, we can tag them in. Well, okay, who do, who do I mean? There's so many people to mention, but King's MMA is my gym. That's my home. Uh, uh, it's run by Hoshi. That's Hoshi's gym. Um, we've got some great coaches there. Um, so if you're in Victoria, if you're five hours away, drive for five hours to get to that gym. We've got some awesome coaches. Um, JT, James Tomlinson, he's our black belt jiu-jitsu instructor. Um, and um, we've just got some great people, great environment, great atmosphere. There's that shout out. Um, I'll take you off. It sounds like I'm plugging family, but you know what? If you want a tattoo, look up my daughter, Echo Renee Tattoos. <laughs> my major sponsor. Beautiful. There we go. And we'll make sure we, uh, we get them tagged into the post as well. Thank you, mate. Too easy, mate. It has been a pleasure. Look, this, there was definitely some stuff in this chat I wasn't expecting, but that's why I was looking forward to the chat because I didn't know what was uh, what was going to happen, and it went exactly that way. So that was really enjoyable. Awesome. Thanks for the chat. Too easy, mate. Talk soon. Okay. See ya. See you, mate. Bye.